You are now listening to the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast with your host, Lawrence Marino. Welcome back to the show. My name is Lawrence Marino. You're listening to the Dynasty Sports Empire Fantasy Sports Podcast. DynastySportsEmpire.com is the site. Get down right now for all your fantasy league needs. Dynasty Baseball League starting. We have uh, walk-off leagues, our $10 Draftmaster leagues. Just draft and forget it, people. That's all you got to do. Draft and forget it. Leave it alone. Um, DynastySportsEmpire.com. Today we're going to be talking to Matt Musico of NumberFire.com and ChinMusicBaseball.com. Let's bring him on. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Lawrence. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm here with uh, Matt Musico of uh, NumberFire and ChinMusicBaseball.com. He's my uh, favorite Italian to talk baseball with. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm honored. I'm honored. Yeah, it's good. We're going to talk a little cannoli, some Schwedadel. Uh, a little baseball, some prospects. Uh, what's your favorite Italian food, uh, Matt? Oh, it's got to be pasta. I could have pasta every single day of the week and not be upset about it. Just just pile it on rigatoni. What are we talking? Uh, I could probably go. I could I could probably eat lasagna for days. Oh, I think. I'm a big big ZD guy. Just just, mm, just pound, I mean, you can't go wrong. Just pounds of ragot. A nice tomato, you know, a nice saucer gravy in your house, Matt. This is, I'm going to cancel this interview right now. If it's saucer gravy, which one is it? Oh, it's definitely sauce. <sighs> no. Should I just go now? <laughs> Listen, if you're from Jersey, it's gravy. I don't know what happened, what goes on in Connecticut over there with the, with the hipsters in Connecticut. <laughs> but if Jersey is, well, gr- clearly we don't know what's going on. It's Sunday gravy. Anybody will attest to Sunday gravy. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, uh, thanks for coming on. We're going to talk uh, Major League Baseball prospects uh, today. How's that sound? Sounds great to me. Good. Let's kill this funiculi here. Hold on one second. Let me... All right. I'll bring that down. Uh, baseball's coming. Spring training right around the corner about, uh, what did we say, three weeks, maybe three weeks away, pitchers and catchers? Yeah, a little under three weeks, it seems like. It's starting to starting to feel real again. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, even though the, uh, the Red Sox were outed uh, by the Cleveland Indians, ousted by the Cleveland Indians, it's uh, it's okay. We got, uh, we got a lot to look forward to. I'm looking forward to baseball, period. Just seeing the guys get out there and maybe I'll even make a spring training game this year. Um, we're going to get into the prospects position by position. Let's open it up right now uh, with the catchers. We'll start off uh, the top prospect, according to uh, MLB.com, is Carson Kelly of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, is there anyone that could uh, unseat him as the number one catching prospect right now? Well, I mean, I think when it comes to the overall prospect status, especially when you're looking at something like MLB.com, uh, they're looking more of like the long-term prospects, too. Uh, and obviously we're going for more of a fantasy uh, aspect and specifically more of 2017. Uh, I mean, he's, he obviously has to wait behind Molina before he can really get his chance. And I think I read earlier in the winter that the Cardinals and Molina are, are at least mutually interested in talking about an extension too. So who knows how long uh, it could be before he gets a shot. Um, 
the person that uh, really caught my eye is Tom Murphy from the Rockies. Uh, he came up, uh, had a little bit of a uh, debut last year. He had about 44 bats, had 1,000 OPS, uh, comes with that, that power potential. Obviously, they still have Tony Walters uh, there in Colorado, but they feel comfortable with this duo. And uh, Murphy has that power potential, especially in a lineup like the Rockies and a home park like Coors Field that could really be enticing uh, to uh, to go after and at least keep an eye on as things kind of progress uh, throughout the season. Yeah, he had a cup of coffee last year, 21 games, five homers, uh, 13 ribbies, and then uh, followed that up with a 273 batting average. So uh, not too bad. And obviously, you know, Colorado is a great place to hit. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, is there anyone else on the board for you for uh, catchers? I think the only – the only person that I'm really uh, looking forward to to seeing how they progress a little bit is in AAA is Chance Cisco. Obviously, the Orioles have Wellington Castillo uh, up at the big league level for this year and potentially the year after, but they went with the short-term option specifically with Cisco in mind, obviously. He's got more of that uh, contact-hitting ability, but uh, he's definitely the future in Baltimore. And again, it's not Coors Field or the Rockies, but the Orioles have some masters, and, and uh, Camden Yards is also a pretty good place to hit. So... Uh, that will be interesting to see if he gets any kind of cup of coffee, uh, depending on injuries or if it eventually ends up being a September call-up or something like that. Because uh, it seems like he's almost ready to go. So uh, the future is almost now behind the behind uh, the plate for the Orioles. Zach Collins was a first-round pick last year for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, any chance that he gets a call-up or extended uh, spring training play? Uh, he could. I think he topped out at high class A last year, uh, but he is 22, so uh, he could end up being fast tracked a little bit, depending on how his uh, uh, how his spring goes and how his season starts. So that, that's definitely potential. And we know, obviously, that the White Sox are looking more towards the future. So uh, I think if there's an opportunity for him to get at bats and he shows that he's ready to at least take on the challenge, I don't see why not. We are uh, going to move over to the outfield. And uh, there's a lot of names to cover here. So, we'll, you know, we'll get about five, six names out there for you and uh, early on for your fantasy drafts. Guys to hold on to, guys to uh, pick up in your drafts if you have uh, minor leagues or, uh, you know, real deep keeper leagues. Uh, we're going to give you some names just to consider. Obviously, uh, Andrew Benatendi came on for the Sox last year. Uh, was a big fan of watching him play. Uh, he held down left field pretty well. Um, do you see Benintendi being the uh, maybe rookie of the year choice coming into this season? Uh, yeah, I mean he's definitely got potential to do it. I mean I think he he's got he's got some Andrew McCutcheon comps being thrown out there, which obviously we all know how good Andrew McCutcheon's been outside of the first four months of last year. So I mean that's that's a pretty good player to be compared to. Um, I mean if he's not the first rookie position player that's uh, drafted in your fantasy draft to feel like something's wrong. Uh, but I mean, he's in a great lineup, got a great pitching staff too, which, uh, you know, all, always helps as well. Um, but uh, he had a, a great hundred at bat sample size last year, even though they had that little, I think, w was it a knee injury? That was the, the, the scare at the end of the year last year. Yeah. He got banged up. So, I mean, obviously he's had the whole off season to, you know, to heal and, and get ready for this year. So, uh, I mean, e even though Moncada was the top prospect before he got traded uh, to the White Sox, I mean, it seems like a lot of evaluators were, were tabbing Ben Attendee as the actual better player. So 
uh, it seems like that the sky's the limit as his, as long as his power can eventually blossom. Now, how do you feel about uh, Austin Meadows and uh, possibly Bradley Zimmer? Because I've I've talked to a couple people uh, this offseason, and Bradley Zimmer seems to be a really uh, good candidate to to get some uh, bats at least early in spring training and maybe have an impact in 2017. Uh, well, Zimmer is definitely an interesting case. I mean, it looks like he he's almost ready. I mean, he spent some time at Double A and Triple A last year, showed some good power. He had 38 stolen bases last year, so that's that's a also a nice um, uh, a pretty nice uh, lift in that particular category as well. Uh, he had a lot of strikeouts. It looks like he had about 170 and 470 at bats. So uh, that's obviously a little bit of a concern. But he's a young player, so I mean that's as a player matures, that stuff kind of gets under control a little bit. Um, but I think uh, a lot of the stuff with the Indians, uh, especially tied to Zimmer's chances, will probably end up. Uh, being a little bit with regard to uh, Michael Bay. If he's actually healthy, I think he's hitting off the tee now uh, at this point. So, But the Indians are pretty sure that see, seeing him actually get on the field, will, that, that's when they'll actually believe it. So uh, I think there are a couple of variables for Zimmer, uh, especially now since I think yesterday they just signed Austin Jackson to minor league deal for some depth as well too. Uh, so they have some insurance in case things kind of go awry. But uh uh, he's definitely an interesting player to to keep an eye on, especially for the Indians as they're looking to – they're going to try. Obviously, they're going to go for winning right now, but if they can bring up Zimmer and kind of give that, that youthful injection of energy, kind of like what uh, Tyler Naquin did last year, I'm sure they would do it. Uh, is there anyone else under the radar possibly that uh, we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, well, I like Hunter Renfro. Uh, he obviously mashed last year in the PCL, but obviously everyone mashes in the PCL. Uh, but he did distinguish himself a little bit more from everyone else by getting MVP honors, I believe. Um, but uh, also, the matching continued once he got that September call-up as well. So he had almost 1,200 OPS. Uh, and uh, so, so that's always encouraging. The one thing that would be my concern, uh, especially with more extended time in the majors, is uh, our pitchers kind of playing to his uh, lack of ability to draw walks. So that would be definitely something to to take to keep in mind. He only walked 22 times in over 500 at bats in the minors last year, and then in his 35 small 35 at bat uh, sample size, he only walked once in the majors. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But he's going to get the playing time. There's there's pretty much nobody making over a million bucks. It seems like in San Diego. So he's definitely got he's got the most clear shot to consistent playing time. I think I think he's currently slated in right field. So. Uh, that'll be interesting for him outside of someone like, like Manuel Margot. Uh, obviously his biggest, uh, the biggest draw for him is his stolen bases. He's more of a contact hitting guy. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if, uh, he'll be able to make a dent at all with Jankowski and Dickerson also in the outfield. A couple of guys I'll be interested in watching, uh, through spring training is, uh, Lewis Brinson of Milwaukee and Clint Frazier. I think the Yankees have a, have a really great prospect in Clint Frazier. I was a big fan of him when he was in the Cleveland organization. <clears throat> and uh, I think at spring training, you're going to have him get some, uh, some extra looks and some really, uh, really good at bat totals uh, for the Yanks. He's definitely uh, in their future. We can move over to third base. We're going to cover the hot corner. I'm with Matt Musico of number fire. And chinmusicbaseball.com. We're talking 2017 Major League Baseball prospects. Right now, uh, over at third base, 
there's a couple big names there. Uh, one is a legacy. Uh, the other one is a uh, uh, another Red Sox prospect. I hate to, I hate to just you know sit there and sit on the Red Sox, but when I when I look at prospect lists and I see that they have so many guys in that system, man, I, I get really excited uh, for what they're going to put on the field in the next couple of years. Uh, Rafael Devers at third base, and then you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr who I'm really excited about uh, for the Jays. Any of these guys do it for you? Well, I mean, they're both really exciting guys. Uh, I mean, obviously, if, if you can ever get a, a reincarnation of Vlad Guerrero, I mean, how could that not be exciting, right? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, when it comes to their immediate outlook, I mean, they're both they're both really young. They both still have a, a little ways to go. I think Devers is 20 years old and Guerrero is 18. So, um so and, and neither one of them had played uh, past high A last year. So there's going to be still a little bit of time, a little bit more development that comes with them. But it's definitely two, definitely two names to get excited about uh, for potentially uh, 2018 or 2019 for sure. Is there anybody that you see coming into this year from third base that uh, that we can draft maybe, you know, in our mid to late rounds? Uh, you mean other than Mankata, right? <laughs> yeah, other than Mankata. <laughs> uh, well, two names. And if he's are, he's uh, not he's not mid to late either. I know, I know. Um, uh, two names that are uh, pretty interesting to me would be Matt Chapman of the A's. Uh, obviously, the A's just signed Trevor Plouffe to play third base, but we all know how the A's work. They're probably not going to be very good this year, although they could surprise some people. And Plouffe could be at, uh, on a different team by the time the trade, trade deadline rolls around. But they like Chapman, obviously, for his huge power. He also has huge strikeouts, but um, his power played well when he was in the Texas league, which is more neutral uh, between hitters and pitchers anyways. So that's why they basically brought Ploof in and were willing to move Ryan Healy off of third base, which he, where he played last year when he got called up. So Chapman's definitely the future at the hot corner for Oakland. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses after splitting time between double and triple A last year. Uh, one other uh, uh, one other player is Nick Senzel from the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Oh, he yeah. was drafted only last June. Yep. Uh, but from the moment he was drafted, uh, it seemed as if he was going to be going on the, on the fast track as a college player. And uh, he did reach low class A last year, but still um, had about almost 1,000 OPS. And I'm sure that they're going to keep going uh, with the fast track, especially in Cincinnati. They're obviously in rebuilding mode. So nothing's going to stop them from continuing to progress him if they feel like he's ready for it. Yeah, Nick Senzel's a big part of the rebuild in Cincinnati. Uh, one of the guys I like at third base is Hunter Dozier uh, from Kansas City. He was drafted uh, in uh, 2013, uh, Kansas City uh, first-round pick. So, uh, you know, if it's a hot corner choice, maybe he doesn't get the start. Maybe he gets a call, you know, like we're talking about a late-season call-up or some extended looks. Uh, but Hunter Dozier uh, was definitely a name that uh, that came up in my list. Moving over to the opposite side of the infield, to first base, um, I have to ask you because this guy has been in the organization for a while. He's been up and down, um, and he's a really intriguing prospect for the Mets. Uh, Dominic Smith was highly touted, was drafted high. It's been a while since we've heard about him. Is there any 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 sense that you think he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do uh, for the Mets in 2017? 
Uh, it's possible. I mean, he's been around for a little while. He's straight out. He went came straight out of high school, so he's only 21. So he's still got plenty of time. Uh, his power really developed in Double A last year. I believe he doubled his homer output in 2016 than he did the year before. So uh, he's definitely developing as a hitter. He comes with a slick glove too, so he'll be able to stick at first base. At least that's what they're anticipating. Um, as of right now, getting up into the majors, it kind of seems blocked because they have Duda and they have a million corner outfielders that they want to try at, at first base as well, too, it seems like. so. But you never know what can happen throughout the course of a year. Um, like we saw a couple of years ago with the Mets, they ended up bringing Conforto up straight from double A, I believe, just, to kind of, just because all of a sudden the opportunity presented itself there. Um, so Smith is going to start in triple A. I would not be surprised if he ends up making landfall somewhere around mid mid to late uh, mid to late season, uh, especially if the Mets uh, need a boost and maybe dude his back goes back out again because he missed it was at least it seemed like about four months last year with a back injury. So uh, that stuff is always uh, uh, interesting to follow for fantasy purposes. Who's on the radar right now for you uh, to break out at first base? Well, I love Josh Bell. Uh, I was uh, I picked him up immediately once I heard he was getting promoted last year, and I benefited from his big weekend hitting that grand slam. And then after that, he went away for a little while. But um, I love that they're finally making some room for him to play. I mean, obviously, Jaso was playing first base last year, but it looks like he's going to be kind of shifted to the bench and uh, to give Bell some more at bats. Um, and he's from what. Uh, the lineup looks like on rosterresource.com. It looks like he'll be kind of settling, in, settling into that number two hole in front of McCutcheon and Marte and Polanco, which is pretty nice protection, I think, uh, considering uh, I'm anticipating a bounce back from McCutcheon after looking at his last two months from last year. So uh, he's definitely an intriguing, uh, an intriguing player for me. And he, I believe he began his career as an outfielder and they shipped him to the first base to kind of make room for him because of his potential. So, um, I think him and also it'd be interesting to see how Greg Bird responds from missing all of last year uh, with his injury. And uh, like we talked about earlier in the outfield, the Yankees are going with that youth movement and they want to give Bird plenty of opportunity to prove himself. And he was deemed the future in 2015 once he got called up. So now that he's finally got a much clearer path to consistent playing time without Teixeira or any of the first base DH types around uh, the Bronx that have been around the last couple of years. So, uh, it'll be great to see what he can do because he looked like he could be a, a, a pretty special talent. One of the uh, one of the older prospects uh, by prospect standards, twenty uh, four year old Casey Gillespie of Tampa Bay, uh, has got uh, got a little bit of pop in his bat and uh, shown he can he can hit for average at AAA. Do you see him making impact with Tampa? I think it depends on on how the rest of this winter uh, works out for Tampa. I saw the other day that. They were at least in contact with Mike Napoli. Uh, even after they traded Logan Forsyth, obviously, to the Dodgers, so they're looking uh, via free agency for some second-base help. But they're also looking for that first-base DH type, which is still really loaded right now in the free agent market. So I think it kind of depends on what the rest of their offseason looks like before we can kind of see exactly what uh, Gillespie's uh, 2017 outlook would look like. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna begin the double play here, and uh, we'll go six four over to uh, shortstop right now. The uh, shortstop position obviously a a big one for fantasy baseball. Uh, depending on who you grab and uh, you know what what type of player they are, you can really get a lot of power and and big numbers uh, from the shortstop position. Right now, Dansby Swanson's kind of made a name for himself in Atlanta. 
uh, as, as the top prospect and, and probably going to be starting uh, this season for them. Uh, do you agree? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the uh, the jumps he made from double A to the majors, I mean, it looked like he really didn't skip a beat, which was encouraging from a fantasy perspective. Um, so I, I wouldn't I would be shocked if if there was anything uh, else outside of that for Swanson. Um, he's going to have the opportunity in Atlanta. He's basically, he's definitely the future there. He's a local kid and, and got the great story that comes with it too. It's going to be helping open up the, the new ballpark and be the face of the franchise. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's interesting because there are a ton of really, uh, really good young shortstops in the game right now, but I was going through some of the, the prospect lists and seeing who could make, uh, which of these prospects could kind of break out in 2017 specifically. And it seems like uh, there wasn't a, a large amount to, to kind of to look through and see. I mean, the only one that really caught my eye was J.P. Crawford from the Phillies. Um, he kind of struggled a little bit between AA and AAA last year, but uh, he still has a, a really high uh, on-base talent, and he's got really good raw skills. And I, I've seen like that Francisco Lindor comp to him, especially the uh, the progression through the minor leagues kind of, he shows the raw talent, but doesn't necessarily put everything all together at once in the minors. But then uh, once he reaches the majors, he could blossom. So I think those two guys, those are the two at shortstop specifically that are uh, the most appealing to me from a prospect perspective for 2017. Yeah, I see the Yankees giving Torres uh, a look, even though they've got Didi to play short. Uh, Glaber Torres, obviously one of the guys they picked up last year. Uh, the Mets, Ahmed Rosario is a great, uh, has a great glove. And uh, a shortstop prospect for uh, the, for the Mets, and then I think everyone's kind of sitting on Nick Gordon in Minnesota, waiting to see what he can do with the bat this year, and he may be a potential call up late in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, a, a lot of this stuff kind of it's it's really important to see how spring training goes and how the beginning of the season goes because that's that's where their timeline can really accelerate with the midseason promotion and things of that nature. So getting off to a hot start is really important for a lot of these guys. You're listening to the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast. I'm Lawrence Marino here with Matt Musico of NumberFire.com and ChinMusicBaseball.com talking about Major League Baseball prospects to break out for 2017. Right now uh, we're going to move over to second base. Obviously, you've got Yoan Moncada, uh, now a member of the Chicago White Sox, no longer a Boston Red Sox. Um, if you haven't jumped on the Moncada bandwagon by now, you've pretty much missed it, right? Uh, I mean, you would think so. I mean, if for some reason he's still available, I mean, you should probably hit pause real quick and go pick him up, and then and then you can come back. So, I, But uh, it certainly seems as if uh, he's he's arrived in fantasy circles already. Absolutely. Uh, a couple guys that are on your short list right now to make an impact this year. Uh, well, the, the, the top one for me at this point is, uh, is Ozzie Albies, uh, who will eventually be Dansby Swanson's double play partner in Atlanta. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets started uh, this year because he fractured his elbow at the very end of, uh, of last year in September. Um, he's only 20 years old, but he did touch AAA last year. And uh, with the way that the Braves are constructed, if they feel that Albies is ready, uh, they're definitely they're, there's no problem in uh, shifting Sean Rodriguez over to the bench or Jace Peterson over to the bench to make room to to let him let him uh, to see what exactly he can do at the big league level, especially paired with Swanson. Uh, one of the guys on my personal radar is Ian Happ. 
Cincinnati product now in the uh, Cub system. Great hitter, second base outfield, maybe actually a third baseman, uh, third baseman, but we'll see. Uh, right now he's slated as a second baseman uh, slash outfielder. I love his bat. I love what he brings, and uh, I think he's got a lot of potential to eventually break into the into the Cubs lineup. Maybe not this year, but uh, definitely in 2018, you may see a little bit of Ian Happ uh, there for the Cubbies. Yeah, and he mashed in the AFL uh, uh, over a few months ago as well, too. It seems like every time he had a game, he hit a couple home runs. So it's like an embarrassment of riches for the Cubs at this point. You know, it's you kind of wonder where exactly he's going to fit in, but you know that if he's ready, they're going to fit him in somewhere as well, too. So he definitely has that five-category potential. Matt, what do we know about the pitchers right now? I mean, there's so much talent. There's so, I mean, I feel like this game is driven by – uh, prospects it's get it's becoming uh, a young players game uh these days and you know there's plenty of room for the veterans don't get me wrong but i feel like all the hype is attached to all these young guys that are making these small market teams so attractive and and you know you turn on the tv and you go you know why am i going to watch the braves oh dansby swanson's playing or why am i going to watch the white Sox? because mancada's playing um i find myself tuning into these games and I do it when I watch hockey too. Um, I want to watch my my the guys on my team, you know, the younger guys playing, or maybe you know, get a couple shifts, or, or you know, take a couple at bats. What's driving these young pitchers right now? What what teams are really are pushing their young pitchers to come up through the system? Uh, well, it seems like uh, the Cardinals are doing that. Uh, specifically with Alex Reyes. Obviously, he had a pretty nice debut last year. Just needs to get his control under under control, for lack of a better term. Um, the Pirates are definitely doing that. They did that a little bit last year with uh, Jameson Tyon. And uh, and also, and, and Tyler Glass now had about 23 and a third innings uh, in the big league rotation last year. So he also kind of profiles a little bit, pretty much the same as Reyes, it seems like. Uh, hard thrower, misses bats, but needs some help with the control. Um, so he may need a little more seasoning uh, than Reyes, who's I think is probably projected to be an opening day or a, a starter on opening day in the big league rotation. Um, I'm sure the uh, uh, the Rays are probably going to be pushing a De Leon uh, a little bit further uh, right into the probably if not right into the big league rotation, probably soon thereafter. Uh, so, I mean, there are definitely a few teams that are continue to, to push and push, and even even with the Mets, even though they already have all of their starters, all of their young stud starters up in the big league rotation, someone to watch out for is, is Robert Giselman because uh, they're thinking about putting Zach Wheeler in the bullpen to start the year to kind of get his feet wet, manage his innings a little bit, and that could give Giselman the opportunity to take the fifth spot in the rotation for at least a few turns, you would imagine. It's crazy how much pitching the Mets have. It is crazy, but it's also crazy how they're all hurt. Well, yeah, that's what that was going to be. I mean, if Matt Harvey and, and, and Syndergaard and DeGrom and, and now Giselman and uh, uh, who am I missing somebody? Who am I missing? Uh, We got Lugo and, and Matt. Oh, Stephen Matz. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, that's a that's amazing. You could go six starters. You could go with six starters with the Mets and stretch them out and maybe maybe even save them. Save their, you know, whatever whatever's ailing them. You get you get another day off. That's amazing. But not that they would do that, but 
to have that many starters and have someone like Zach Wheeler, uh, who's I, I don't know, I don't know what to make of Zach Wheeler, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's a curious case right now. I mean, because he did he did show some glimpses in in uh, in 2014. I, I think that was the last time he pitched. It's been so long, I can hardly remember at this point. But you know, we forget that he was pretty good. I mean, he did have some issues with the control. Um, but now with the with the two year layoff, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to watch how he progresses and kind of makes his comeback. I mean, everyone saw how good Harvey was when he when he first came back, but then then we saw what happened the year after as well too, with all those innings that he threw and going deep into October and November. So I think that's part of the reason why they want to be even more cautious with Wheeler than what they were with Harvey, uh, because of everything that happened last year. Uh, to the rotation as, as someone who plays fantasy baseball, how do I protect myself from drafting young guys that I think that are projected as starters that end up being bullpen guys. And I, and I can only reference uh, Grant Holmes right now because it's happened to me last year, you know, drafted him. He's a, he's a prospect. He comes up for the Dodgers and then they say, well, he's going to be a bullpen guy. How do I, how do I, what do you, what do you do? Let me rephrase that. What would you do to, to prepare yourself to draft starters as opposed to, to guys that could potentially become, you know, bullpen aces? Well, I think one of the, a couple of things that I do is, is definitely looking at each pitcher specific situation within the organization. So like someone like, uh, a starting pitcher is coming up from the, from the Dodgers in the Dodgers organization. You know, at the beginning of the year, before everyone gets hurt, they have a pretty loaded rotation. But you know, as things progress, that's when, and everyone starts getting hurt. That's when the opportunities are are come about. So I mean, you got to take a look at the potential opportunity that they have. If how many potential pitchers are blocking their way to that potential spot in the rotation, and also you know, what the, what the organization or the front office or the coaching staff is known for doing. Like a good example is the St. Louis Cardinals and Alex Reyes is a perfect example of that. I think he came up, he was like a swing man. He, he started in the, in the bullpen and then got some, got some starts in the rotation uh, as the year went on. There are certain teams that will almost always do that to either protect a pitcher's innings, uh, depending on how many they threw the year before or that current year, if it's mid season, um, or if it's uh, if there's not a lot of opportunity in the rotation, or if that's just something that they do. I mean, you know, we saw that years ago with Adam Rain- Wainwright. He was the closer for the 06 champions, and then he ended up being a consistently good starter throughout his career. So uh, it's certain things like that and, and trying to find some patterns to how organizations deal with prospects uh, other types of prospects that are that were recently in that situation. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I mean the Red Sox did it with Papelbon too. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm I'm hip to it. You know, I can I can see it happening. <laughs> but uh, is there is there a certain number or there's is there a certain stat that you like to really keep tabs on that would make you draft a player uh, over someone else? Is there something that is there a set of numbers that are more attractive to you or uh, a guideline, maybe a base, a base set of, you know, I'm not going to draft anybody who performs below this number in the minors. Uh, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I definitely, the things that I usually look at specifically for position players, uh, probably the biggest one would be OPS just to kind of see, 
their on base plus their power potential, uh, just to kind of to get a sense as to what they could be uh, capable of producing at the next level. Um, I don't necessarily have a like a a baseline or any particular stat that I you know, kind of point to uh, when I go and look for young players at the end of drafts and, and things of that nature, but uh, kind of look at the whole player, try if I can get to know their story a little bit, see kind of like what they've been doing. Um, but also at the end of the day, it's also, it's all about production. So what have they done lately? What could they be doing uh, for me in the near future as well? Yeah, you have a good. There's a great package with uh, MLB. You can get all the games online. I love to watch minor league baseball. So, um, if you get an opportunity, it's it's fairly inexpensive package. If you consider what you're getting uh, in it, so you get all the minor league games on MLB.tv. I think it is, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun watching the guys uh, come up and develop and right in front, literally right in front of your face. So, uh, definitely check that out if you can. If you have an opportunity to spend a couple bucks. Uh, it's nice to watch the minor league guys play uh, on your on your computer. You can just sit there and watch. Matt, uh, before we go, what's the one guy you're going to get in leagues this year? Hmm. Well, uh, I probably probably based on uh, uh, how I kind of gushed about him a little bit earlier. I. I really am believing in Josh Bell. So I think he's probably one of the guys that uh, I definitely want to uh, get some shares of. Um, if it, if it be for either like a first base, third base slot or utility, definitely on my bench. Uh, Cause I definitely believe that uh, his power potential is real. And uh, I want to grab him before it's the, before he becomes all the rage. And who's the guy you're not buying into just yet? Um, well, I think at this point, uh, probably the person I'm not buying into yet would be Aaron Judge, uh, just because he struggled so mightily. But that could also be, you know, I can see the other side of that. You know, this is also the time to buy because he could end up being that like Giancarlo Stanton type of slugger, but he could also be that Joey Gallo type of slugger that can mash in Triple A but still strike out a ton mm-hmm. uh, and not really find his footing uh, in the majors just yet. So. Um, I'm not totally convinced about Judge. I'm intrigued by him, but he's not someone that I'm going to be actively going and getting a ton of uh, this year. You think the Yankees made the right move in uh, retooling? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, just to see. I mean, obviously, you know, not all prospects are going to pan out, but I mean, w- when you look at the sheer volume of prospects that they got, I mean, I, I think they they went from what being ranked within uh, like. 20th or 25th ranked best prospects or best farm system. And they're end up in like the top five now. So, I mean, I think with their, with their ability to spend if they need to, I mean, they really needed to retool the farm system just to be able to inject some, uh, some talent, something to be excited about for the future. So, I mean, they can go ahead and go basically buy whoever they want if they want to in free agency, but you know, it, it's tough to, to draft and develop your own talent as well too. So I, I think they made a tremendous choice and I think it was only um, magnified by the amount of return that uh, Cashman was able to get in all those trades. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy not having them breathe down our neck, the Red Sox, just maybe not this year, <laughs> but I know it's coming. So I'm not, I'm yeah, it's the AL East. I know how it goes. It's, it, it doesn't take, it doesn't take much. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on. Do you want to, uh, promote or plug anything before you go? 
Yeah, sure. Um, you can it. find me on Twitter at uh, mmusico8. And uh, over at numberfire.com, we're really ramping up all of our fantasy baseball content, both season long and daily. Uh, so definitely check us out and uh, start getting prepared. I mean, like we said at the beginning, it's only about three weeks till spring training. Before you know it, fantasy draft day is going to be here. So uh, definitely be prepared by going over to Number Fire. Have you had your first draft yet? I've done a couple couple mocks. No, okay. no first draft yet. All right. Get down to DynastySportsEmpire.com right now and uh, get yourself in a Dynasty Baseball League. For everyone at the site, my name is Lawrence Marino. Thank you so much for coming down. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you like it on uh, iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. Stitcher, SoundCloud. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming down. Have a good day.